so weary about every fucking thing. Well, ultimately, because the CVS you, yeah, lady yeah. is probably stealing my coupons <laughs> and using them for herself. I don't trust that bitch. Yeah, she just bought her own case of toothbrushes. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. You have found your way back into the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Tony Dufresne, along with your other host, Lexi Marie Rodriguez. Hey, Lex. Hi, how's it going? We are back for another week. This is Millennial Talk, or it's really for the young adults getting into the swing of things, and it's about creating, or actually, news and information to help you gain a better, broader perspective. So I wanted to go over something really quick, and it's not so much self-indulgent as it is exciting, because our community... Our Surrounded by Idiots community is growing, and I wanted to share this with all you guys that are listening. The fact that I uh, went back into the statistics and, and looked it up, and we've been doing this for a little over two years. We have, a, well, I don't know, 100 shows, give or take, almost 100 yeah, shows. And we've got, uh, we've had about 12,000 or so uh, listens, downloads in 116 different countries. Wow. I thought that was super cool. That is really cool. The fact that we've been downloaded in 116 different countries. Now, most most of them are, of course, the U.S. and Canada and Australia and the English-speaking countries. But when you see the fact that the like the fourth or fifth most popular country that listens to us is South Korea, you kind of have to wonder. But <laughs> I like it. I like that fact. And I have friends over in Holland, and I know that they listen, and they've spread the word, too. So so this week, we, we're going to jump into something that I found interesting because I ran across a couple articles, and it's all about trust. And, of course, everybody has their trust and their mistrust, especially nowadays with all the stuff going on and how polarized society is and the wave of nationalism that's happening. If you look at the stuff over in France and then what's happened in Turkey, there's a polarization of of thought and almost an absence of uh, shared community. And what, and what happens with that is we start getting trust issues because you have people that see the world so differently, you almost feel as though you can't uh, trust them because they're so wackadoo on both sides. So I wanted to do, we got together and we decided to do the show on how to trust without getting hurt because really that's the main thing, right? That's the reason why the mistrust happens because you sort of put yourself in your own bunker because you don't want to expose yourself to get hurt. Right, and, and I think that it go it, it kind of coincides with trusting yourself as you're trusting. So it's like you that, have that's to a huge trust aspect of it. Yes, the way that your mind works and your intuition and the feelings and the fact that you've established this relationship with the news or the relationship you have with your boss or this new guy that you're dating, but you have to trust yourself in order to trust them and then kind of trust that you're strong and sturdy and that you'll be fine if this person ends up being a dickwad. Another great point and the reasons why we do this show is to in, instill a level of self-confidence in you is to provide some level so you guys can do some introspection really to build yourself up from the inside out. And if you're and if you're more secure on who you are and you have a stronger foundation on where you operate from and you're more aware of of what you want, what your passions are, and where you want your life to go, then all that stuff kind of falls into place. So I want to go over a few things about trust initially, and then I want to jump into a couple articles that I found very interesting that I came across the last week. Trust is what bonds us to other people and allows us to feel safe so we can be vulnerable enough to connect. Now, usually people fall into one of two groups. 
and I don't know what you are, Lex, but I'll throw these out there. They're either the ones that give trust at the beginning, allowing someone else to choose whether or not to honor it or not. It's like giving somebody enough rope and they can hang themselves type of thing. Or the second group is they hold it back and make others want to earn it. Which one are you? I think you're more the former, right? You know what's worked for me is to, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Right, and I pay attention very quietly to the things you do and the things you say and how we um, go about our relationship and how our relationship grows in the in the months or the two months or three months or years or whatever it works. And then I choose to trust or to not trust you. But I don't make a big deal of it. Like I can have a, a friendship with someone for years and then maybe they do something that I'm not really down with. I'm not going to make a big scene and be like, fuck you. I don't trust you. We're not friends anymore. I'm just going to make that mental note and quietly go about my business. And I've learned that that works. Um, but yeah, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt at first, because why are you going to go into a relationship guarded in the first place? If you go that route, you're not going to give all that you should. And it's just going to be um, on the wrong foot anyways. Exactly. And we're going to get into that in term, and, and actually the reasons why you might be that way because of past experiences. So the problem with broken trust is you're just as pissed at yourself for your bad decision to trust them as much as you are at the person or the institution that betrayed you. It's like picking up two hammers and hitting yourself. Now, understanding all of these points, I wanted to talk about why millennials in general are the most untrusting generation of recorded history and how you as an individual millennial can authentically trust in today's upside down world without ending up getting hurt in the process. Now to set the stage for this, I wanted to mention a couple of good articles that I ran across about millennials and trust. The first one was from big think and it was by Paul Taylor. It was called millennials are the most cautious generation we've ever seen. And I'm going to put these links in the show notes too. So you can go to these, you can read the full articles. So what he says is, One key element is wariness. There's a classic question in social science about what we call social trust. And the question goes very simply, generally speaking, would you say most people can be trusted or you can't be too careful when you're dealing with other people? Now, only 19% of millennials, the last time they asked this, I think it was last year, said, yeah, most people can be trusted. 19%, which which is lower than the Gen Xers and the baby boomers have ever been. Right. Now, now, what he does is he thinks that he kind of throws out a few theories as to why millennials are the most cautious generation that Pew Research has ever seen. Uh, number one is that a large share of young adults are non-white and are on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale. Now, this places them in a like a place of vulnerability and causes them to act more carefully because they're not well fortified to deal with the consequences of misplaced trust. They really can't afford to trust in a situation really? to where if they lose what they have, they're yeah. donezo. I mean, to right. them. The second thing he says is it has to do with millennials' time spent online. And millennials understand that you have to take everything you see online with a grain of salt. So not everybody is as they present themselves. Now, this reality breeds distrust. For sure. And now that makes um, perfect sense. Totally. I think that it's a visual art, though, to be able to read things online because that's kind of just what we have to do as millennials. We see a job we might be interested in. We go online. We check out the website. We see a client I might be interested in working with. I go to their social media. I see if they look, quote unquote, trustworthy enough for me to spend my time. So I think millennials 
better understand and better master the art of visually understanding whether you can trust them or not without even meeting this person. I think you guys, because you live in this generation, you're going to develop that a lot better than we ever did. And oh, it's, it's going to be gonna Because skill. you kind of have to. It's almost like a survival skill for you Oh, guys. it's a survival skill for yeah. sure. I mean, it, when it comes to dating, when it comes to the nanny that you're about to hire for to watch your fucking kid or walk your dog or whatever, it's all visually um, right in front of your face. And you can choose from there whether you want to work with them or not. Yeah, you have to kind of hone that skill, which we can talk, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. His third thing that he said, he thinks it has to do with how much social horrors, coupled with the way millennials were raised, contributes to their wariness. He says millennials came of age at a time of global terrorism, of domestic school shootings, you know, Columbine, of 9-11, a lot of pretty horrible things that are particularly disturbing to parents. You know, the worry about strangers online and online predators and all that stuff. There's this kind of an everybody gets a trophy quality to the way millennials have been raised. You know, you're precious and it's it, it means it's a difficult world out there and I need to protect you. This is from their parents, which may be then picked up by the kids as you better be careful. You better be overly cautious. He thinks that might have. And I can see that. And I see that that being the case and being a parent of a 25 year old and remembering the morning that I turned on the TV and saw that second airplane hit the second tower and having my daughter home all day. And we went through that and we discussed it and her being, I think she was seven at the time. Uh, I, you know, I understand that the world was a different place uh, after that period of time. And that plus the fact that social media is out there and it's 24 hour news cycle and you guys get barraged with bad shit every minute of every day. If you want to, uh, oh, and, sure. and you and you have to deal with, uh, with that maybe overloading your sense of of needing to be more cautious. I can you see know what, what's what he's crazy is our generation is living a real life generation that does not trust anything on the news. And your generation lived a life that everything on the news was how it is and is facts. We're growing up here where I turn on the news, whether it's CNN, whether it's Fox, whether it's some very liberal shit, I do not trust anything I hear on the news, but I take that as information. I put that in my own mind and then I do my own research and I figure out what is true and what is not. And I may never know what's really going on, but I will know as much as I need to know to protect myself and the people in my circle. But I will never watch a news segment and just go out the door and be like, oh my God, the sky is falling. You know what I mean? And like, that's a process but you that, guys would. Right. But and that well, that's the process that a lot of people do. Back in the day before Fox News came around and before cable uh created some divergent ways of delivering the news, even before maybe CNN, we had the network news and we had newspapers. See, we get the LA Times or the Orange County Register and we'd get it and we'd read it and that would be it. Yeah. Now, there's good things and bad things to that. The 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 not so good thing is the fact that as unbiased as anybody wants to be, they're still going to be biased because they're human beings and everybody has a bias, whether they, they say it or not. And those stories back in the day were written with some level of bias. And if you ask any right wing, super right wing conservative person, they'll tell you that the, the media has been liberal for 50 years. So it's, you know, that's the bad part about it. The good part about that is the fact that we didn't get barraged by all these different things and all these different uh, uh, scenarios theories. and conspiracy theories and stuff, you know, 
not to digress off of what we're talking about, but there's a great article about conspiracy theories and the reasons why people believe them. And it's, uh, it comes down to a general fear of society and, and believing in a conspiracy theory makes things safer because it, it posits you or it, it connects you to one thing that really takes everything else and throws it away yeah. to where everything, everything's against you. And so that makes it easy to live every day. If you think that everything is against you, does that make sense? It just, it, it, takes away any variety or any options of maybe this, maybe that, maybe this. So what I want to do talk about is I want to get back into what what he was saying from the Big Think article. And what he said was, and I think this makes perfect sense, he said, millennials have watched a lot of people get burned over the past seven years. Their parents have fought foreclosures and debt. Divorce rates have led to a lot of broken homes. They've come of age during an era where the promise of success more resembles a fleeting chance. It's like, like I said before, and like we've talked about before, the American dream. It's the American dream is dead. And it was, and it died right in front of their eyes as children, as you guys, as kids. There's this, there's been an unending war and escalating political partisanship and growing economic inequality. And in many ways, millennials feel they've watched their cultural inheritance get squandered away by the political elite. So perhaps the question could be phrased not so much as why are millennials distrusting of others, but rather what reason do millennials have to be trusting at all? I think that's a good way to rephrase that question. And it makes a very, very good point because of all of the shit that's been going on. No, I agree. I mean, it's hard to really create my own opinion on my political view when I have five thrown at me at a time. Or, I mean, when you we can turn the page and talk about love and romance, it's like, how am I supposed to really believe in love at first sight and finding a soulmate um genuinely when there's all these crazy hookup apps and there's all this crazy shit where like i can pay if i pay more money on this dating site then i'm gonna get the better options so therefore your economic value determines whether you're gonna find someone to date or not when back in the day that that wasn't even a thing and it was just like you really trusted your parents when they gave you the fairy tale theory of you will eventually find your soulmate when it's time it's time and you'll know and you just got to follow that thread of attraction whatever whatever it's like we are so overwhelmed with bullshit that more than ever this is where we have to create our own base of knowledge and our own ideology when it comes to politics and stuff based off of what has worked and what has made us feel good in conversations and the people that we've met. I think that this is a great topic because yes, it's, we're talking about trusting news, trusting banks. That's a whole nother thing is financial guidance is Mm -hmm. something that millennials do not trust. They do not want, they don't want to put their money in anything. So it's like trusting Mm -hmm. What we hear when it comes to politicians and the people that are 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 basically paving the path to whether we are going to be successful or not, the banks that are holding our money, the colleges we're getting our degrees from, but then also the people that we're spending our lives with. So if we can really create a, a full grasp on who to trust, then from there we get the information that we are kind of confused about from those people that we've created that trust with. Because you can, the knowledge that you get, you need to get from people that you trust and from sources that you trust. So you got to create that base 
first and then go with collecting the knowledge that you need to make your own decisions. Right, which goes right back into you creating a sense of introspection and a sense of understanding of who you are and where kind of you want to go with it without and I, and I have to bring this up because I think it it's it's important to consider especially when we're talking about finding your tribe around you and finding trustworthy news sources and also finding trustworthy financial accountant or whatever the case may be is to not back yourself into that whole polarizing thing about they have to believe everything from a political standpoint the same as you do but it's a matter of trusting them trusting them in the context of how they contribute to your life and how they are as a person i have a handful of very good friends and people that i know that i could call in the middle of the night if something happens and they'd be there in an hour uh that uh that voted for trump and that right. and that believe in in his thing i and you know how much i totally disagree with that but that's not the point but that's the whole thing of of uh, figuring out who to trust and then if it if it does turn out the wrong way then not going so far down the rabbit hole that you can't work yourself back up and not recover and become stronger afterwards and that's where it comes down to I'm just going to make mention of the fact that there's also another Washington, there's a Washington Post article that I was going to uh, chat about, and it's called Millennials Don't Trust Anyone. That's a big deal. I'm not going to talk about it because it pretty much is the same thing as the Big Think article, but I am going to post the link in the show notes. So if you want to read through that, it, it's the same thing. It's about, you know, the safety net's gone and all that kind of stuff. So I want to get into the meat and the potatoes of this show. And then, and, and what that is, is, is the key to trusting without getting hurt. It's one key. And the key is perspective. Now, the reason we feel hurt is because we chose to believe in something that ended up not being real, right? That's what happens. And in order to live in that belief, we gave a little bit of ourself. We became vulnerable, opening ourselves up to a sense of being uncomfortably exposed. And when we're betrayed, it feels as though the person or institution that was the one we wanted to protect us the most was the one that stuck a big stick in our exposed wound, which then leads to the double whammy impact of being betrayed as well as being pissed at yourself for allowing it to happen. Right. Which then leads to the knee-jerk reaction of building an even bigger wall around your vulnerability so you'll never have to feel that devastated ever again because if it did happen again, oh my God, right? You have this feeling like you'll never be able to survive it. So this entire trust, betrayal, devastation, building more emotional protection cycle of course, it's real and it's legit. I've been through it. I'm sure you've been through it. I think everybody's been through that if they lived a day in their life. However, it is entirely, this whole cycle, it's entirely a product of letting your ego reaction control your reality because it's the ego's job to protect you. It wants to be sure that you feel the pain for making the mistake of trusting so you don't make that mistake again. And it also wants to rub it in your face, rub it in your face for not being more protective of yourself. So you, in fact, build that bigger wall around yourself. Right. And then That's your intuition the starts to yell at you. And then your intuition's like, I fucking told you. I told you not to go right. out with and him. What, and that's what happens. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's, so all, it's all that knee-jerk, emotional, ego response. And we, yeah. and, and we automatically, unless we have the ability to cognitively interrupt that pattern, to actually use our big thinking brain and say, hold on a second, or to have a rubber band around your wrist, like I give a lot of clients to kind of snap them out of stuff. 
like like natural yeah. their, their way of natural reacting to things. Snap that rubber band on your wrist or that extra hair band that all you girls have on your wrist and snap that thing and say, hold on a second, I need to rethink this. So I want to give you an alternative to instead of going down that road of that whole cycle that we talked about, here's what you can do instead. An alternative to the ego reaction is trust, whether it be individuals or institutions like you had mentioned, trust with the understanding that there will probably be instances where they don't live up to your expectations. And if there's some action of betrayal, having the perspective of that sucks, but this action is in no way defines who I am or my worth and the feeling and the feeling that it is what it is. And sometimes shit just doesn't work out the way you planned it will allow you to keep things in a more realistic perspective and will also help keep the action, that action of mistrust from creating deep emotional damage that will take a long time, if ever, to heal. It's about changing your perspective on the situation that happens. And for God's sakes, do not allow that action as in somebody sleeping with your best friend or some institution screwing you out of your investment or whatever, the, or the political party passing a bill that you're like, I can't even fucking believe they're, they're taking away national park. Yeah. All of that stuff. If you take the perspective of it, it has no bearing upon my own self or my self worth or my identity. It's just an action that happens. And then you take a look at it from the perspective of, you know, now what can I do? to make sure that I learn from this from a cognitive perspective and then move forward, uh, that's the best way to do it. Is it easy? It's not easy to do that. And you will go in and out of the emotional part to the cognitive part. But the key is just to remember that this is an alternative and it should be thought of at the same time you're going through that whole ego thing because the ego is so powerful and it loves to drag you down. Let's just talk about that elephant in the room. When you first said you wanted to talk about trust and how millennials were the most mistrusting and then as well as gen xers um, and baby boomers lack a lot of trust towards millennials trust or distrust stems from insecurity so if you're secure with who you are and you're secure with the choices that you're making whether you're going to learn from this choice or not you're going to be fine some of my biggest heartbreaks were when I knew deep down inside I shouldn't be dating this dude or I shouldn't be doing this. And then all of a sudden I learned that I was completely right. It was more so I was disappointed in myself yeah. as opposed to yeah. disappointed that this person let me down. So I think as I've gotten older and I've created this strong sense of who I am, then I, I, that's why I trust people right off the bat because I'm like, I mean, I'm usually pretty good at this thing. And like, yeah, some people have let me down in the past, but that's their fucking issue. That's human error. That's accountability of rejection on their part. It has nothing to do with you. I think that there is a, a thin, a very thin line between trusting someone fully and then maybe they do something that disappoints you, like maybe vote for Donald Trump. And and I think that it's a really great characteristic to be able to understand, cool, maybe we might, we might not have the same views on humanity at this point, but you have to understand that people are going to have their own opinions. And, and yes, if they're doing anything to hurt 
another human, please step in. But if they are just doing something that they think is going to benefit their own self, yeah, stay away. You know what I mean? Make sure that it doesn't hurt you or affect you, but let them have their own opinions. And I think this is why I also just hate labels. So we put labels on people and then that determines whether we trust them or not a lot of times. So a lot of times because yeah, and that that makes that's an ego thing though. He's a liberal. He's yeah, exactly. It's quick categorization to help you to disseminate who's friend or who's foe. I mean, to be very, very caveman about it. What we need to do is start listening more to our feelings and go into a, a relationship feeling like if this is right, go for it. If it isn't, when it stops being right is when you kind of back off and you put your thin wall up and you walk away so you don't get hurt. You just have to be aware of what works for you. I love it. I, I always call it a two-step process because it, a lot of times you, you'll get this instinctive feeling that, oh my God, you know, you lose your breath and this person gives you butterflies and you just feel like you're, you're just dizzy 24 hours a day thinking about this person. But then you have to take the second step and the second step is is processing that through the big part of the brain and saying, why is it that I'm so head over heels for this person, or why is it that I'm so much more attracted to this person than the other than anybody else? It gives you the ability to get an idea of if that attraction is from a neuroses, from not a good place, or if the attraction is from a really good place to where you guys are literally a soul mate. You guys have this kismet. You have this this energy this uh this universal energy this attraction yeah. which i believe i believe some people have the, i don't believe in one soulmate but i believe in certain people having certain energy they're at the same frequency oh, and they sure. and they have this shared thing and you always know and you can always sense that in somebody else now sometimes that works out in a relationship and sometimes that doesn't work out and it is very frustrating when you have it and it doesn't work out Right. In a relationship, but the, but hopefully there's an understanding that sometimes it doesn't. And that's the whole part of life. The whole part of life is even though it feels so right, sometimes that shit doesn't work and yeah. it, it just doesn't end up being the case and you just got to roll with it. And it's so beautiful to feel um, confident in making decisions, whether it's about a relationship or a job opportunity or a moving situation and to feel fucking like you're doing the right thing because you not, not only do you trust yourself, is you trust the feeling that this change is giving you and it it is very mystical and it's all about feeling and whatnot. I want to bring this up really quick and see your thoughts because I think that it's hilarious that millennials have so much trouble trusting the news and trusting these investment banks that we're trying to um, pour our money into and trusting all of these things but we trust technology like it is fucking this artificial intelligence agency that is just going to skyrocket us to another dimension. And I mean, I, I'm very wary of technology. Like I'm, I think I'm that millennial that I love to still do everything hands-on. I love to deposit money into the bank by walking into a bank because I'm like, I'm not putting this much money through this machine. Like, fuck that. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But that's just me. But that's what I think is hilarious. It's like, you guys, you guys do not trust this or that or this or that. You're believing in these conspiracy theories, but you'll put a fingerprint to get into your computer. So now that that computer has this fingerprint, we're Skyping now, and now the government sees my apartment, and I'm smoking pot on camera, and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's all these conspiracy theories. It's like pick and choose. Like, do not, well, that, that's, do that's not. A- 
ruin an opportunity that may happen because you're you're um, distrusting of whatever avenue you're going to use to create that opportunity. And then also put all your fucking information on this video game website because you want the best latest <laughs> video games. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But isn't that funny? But it, it's all about uh, rationalizing because you can rationalize anything, and it's all contextual too. Because people have their certain things where, for some reason or another, they don't have they have this questionability about them, and then the other things they'll just do as a role. A lot of my mistrust comes from the fact that I think I know it all. And I think that I have the answer to all of these things. Like I walked into the optometrist the other day and I had these eye issues and she was kind of maybe five years older than me, but totally my age and like very trendy talking to me like we're friends and tells me my diagnosis. And like, I totally was just like, nah, you're full of shit. You know what I mean? Like you're totally full of shit. I know what's wrong with me. You know what I mean? And then also I have a funny story about, you know how they have these virtual virtual receipts now well they'll send you receipts and you can put coupons on your app and then you can take them to the stores and whatever whatever so it's see i go to cvs a lot and i always put my coupons on my app for cvs so that when i buy whatever she'll see them on her screen and then I'll get like 25% off or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I go in the other day and I literally spend, you have to spend 90, you have to spend a hundred dollars and then you get all these coupons. So I do all my shopping. A hundred dollars at CVS? Yeah. I mean, wow. what do you buy at CVS? A, <laughs> well, I had bucks. to get a bunch of stuff. So anyways, <laughs> so I get how, $2 how many, how many toothbrushes can you buy? I mean, <laughs> I'm stocking up. Oh, uh, clearly. If I've learned anything from my mom, it's you never buy one toothbrush at a time. You buy 10, and uh, then you never have to go back again. Anyways, I got $2 off so of this motherfucking purchase. And I literally asked her, I'm like, oh, I'm like, did you see all my coupons on, on the screen that they're supposed to send you? And she's like, oh, it was only just one for these note cards. And in my head, I was just like, no, like I was didn't fight with her. But I was just I wanted to be like, no, fuck that. It, you're wrong. So then I go home and I check online. You can check the app online. Mm -hmm. And I had all these fucking coupons. So but why I'm didn't like, she see those? Exactly. I don't fucking know. And mm -hmm. that's why I, I told my boyfriend. I was just like, I. this is why I like paper coupons that I keep in my wallet because I could just pull them out and give them to her and then she'll use them. You know what I mean? Well, I like the fact that the CVS coupons are six feet long for some reason. The receipts. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Why are you giving me a six-foot-long receipt? And why yeah. is it when you go into Radio Shack, they ask you for your phone number? I'm buying batteries. I'm buying right. two AA batteries, and you want my phone number? I don't totally. get that. Although Radio I don't, Shack well, that's the thing. I don't number. trust that stuff. I'm always like, nah, no thank you. I don't really want to sign this petition because then you're going to know everything about me. And you know what I mean? So when it comes to that bullshit, I suggest you trust at a minimum because otherwise you're going to overflow yourself with trust and then you're just going to be so weary about every fucking thing. Well, ultimately, because the CVS you, yeah, lady yeah. is probably stealing my coupons <laughs> and using them for herself. I don't trust that bitch. Yeah, she just bought her own case of toothbrushes. <laughs> I, you know, the bottom line is this this you can you can trust or distrust anything and the, the key is not to wear yourself out and don't don't overthink the room. Again, I say with the most with the utmost confidence, you guys are the most overthinkers I've ever met in my entire life. You guys overthink everything and I think it's because you're overstimulated. You get all this stuff out there. So you think you have to you have to think about and ruminate about every single little teeny thing that comes along. I mean, you know, pick your spots and make it happen. You're going to know what you prioritize in regards to the things that you open yourself up vulnerably to, right?
because you have your door, your door of vulnerability. And sometimes you just crack it open a little bit, like for friends or for, you know, uh, like CVS. I mean, that's a little teeny crack that you open yourself up. There's not much vulnerability when it comes to going there and buying, you know, toothpaste. But in terms of intimate relationships or somebody that you trust something with that you value very dearly, those are the things that you need to prioritize and then figure out for yourself what are what's your criteria criteria in order to trust and it's got to be a matter of understanding what's important to you and then understanding that even though you do give a person a lot of trust because you feel a gut feeling and and you've thought about it and this person is just an amazing person and they're and they're great to you and you could see yourself with them your whole life shit happens right i mean i've been divorced twice so and i think i'm a pretty good judge of character but shit happens along the way and totally. just because just because that happens it doesn't mean that you crawl up into a ball and you bury yourself and you don't expose yourself and open yourself up to the rest of life and that's and it the key has nothing to, this whole to thing. do with you either you guys have to understand it, that when someone deceives you it has nothing to do with you and what i really want to make clear out there is that we've all been fucked over we all have the lady in line at the grocery store and the guy working on your car. We've all had our hearts broken because you know what? We're human and we feel. And I think what some people don't understand is maybe you meet your soulmate and you go into a relationship and you're both ready to just really be vulnerable and like let everything loose and just kind of get to know each other and mesh into this world that is beautiful between the two of you. But if one of you it feels like you've been fucked over more than the other one, you're going to try to have this sense of, and it sounds crazy, but sense of authority to be a little bit more distrusting. And that's not fair to the other person because the other person's been just as fucked as you have. And they're trusting you because you know what? They're understanding that the other person that fucked them over, it, it has issues. And hopefully they're over those issues now, but do not lose an opportunity with a good person because your issues with your past. What we're talking about, about this whole thing, is the fact that we're wired as cavemen, we're wired to protect ourselves, period. And and it's only if we can override all of this with our big thinking, more developed parts of our brain uh, with a sense of trust that everything's going to work out, everything will be okay. Uh, we have the opportunity to learn from all of these things and to move forward and to become stronger and to, and to elevate ourselves out of it. Uh, that's the perspective that you need to keep because there's no way there's no fucking way you're going to keep yourself from getting hurt. No way. Unless you end up as Ted Kaczynski in a five by five shack writing out manifestos about bombing places. There's no way that's going to happen. <laughs> you have to You get out there, you live life and you're going to get hurt because you're going to expose yourself. But you know what the bottom line is, is that at the end of the day, it's about experience and it's about you sharing yourself and it's about you sharing your passions and at the and when the time comes when the sun goes down on your life you're gonna look back and say fuck yeah i did what i could I, and exactly it, it sounds right. like i have this weird concept and it sounds a little sociopathic we've talked about this tony but i've been hurt 
And after the hurt has only created some really good insight on who I am and what I can handle and what I'm down to deal with. It's like that moment when you're uncomfortable and you feel fucking uncomfortable and depressed and you just want to sleep for days, but don't do that. Get ex- get excited. Be stoked about it. It's like, yeah, you get your heart fucking broken and it feels like you just are the worst person ever and you're never going to find a dude or you're never going to be in a relationship, but you are and you're probably it's probably only going to be better than it ever could have been because this happened to you. It all comes down to choice because both of those realities exist in the same plane because the reality of you being hurt and you being in a dark room spinning an ashtray in the corner is is as valid as you being hurt and you bouncing back and getting into, getting into different groups or becoming more aware or working on yourself or reading a good book or ex- expanding yourself in a in a better way or a different way. Those those realities exist in the same in your same reality. It's a matter of you choosing which one because it's like a penny. The penny has a heads and a tails. You can choose which one to flip over. Both of them exist at the same time, even though you can't see the tails because it's on the bottom, it still exists. So which one do you want to focus on? And that's what it comes down to. So that's going to wrap the show up. That's about trust and about hurt and about kicking some ass and not letting it keep you down. Uh, remember, you can go to jobbud.com and get the show notes. There's also uh, what we, you know, we post on SoundCloud and Stitchers and iTunes. And uh, I also have my freebie. That if you do go to the to javabud.com, just you can just click the thing and sign up for the freebie. It's the seven proven phrases that will immediately bring more love, money, and happiness into your life. And it's based on an ebook that I wrote. And it's totally free. So just get on there and and uh, put your email in there and get my free. Put your email thing. and your social security number and just give Tony all your CBS. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what I what I want you to do is and, and uh, it is instead of putting your name, I want you to put your best porn name. Mm. put your best porn name i've i've gotten some really good ones (laughs) because that's you didn't oh yeah oh because that because actually i oh yeah i have that on my thing i I put you know your crazy nickname or your porn name and i've gotten some good ones i will share those next week (laughs) oh gosh that's funny all right rate and review surrounded by idiots on itunes soundcloud and stitcher email me at lexi at crucialawareness.com hit me up on all the socials um, my program will be out soon and turn your locations off because otherwise the government will find you and you'll have to pay Oh, good God. Don't, but please don't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Peace out.